Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Donnie Baker with me. Donnie is a farmer, a videographer. He's growing in the social media space. And one of the cool things about his story, and we'll talk about this here soon, is works with a nonprofit called Farm for a Cure. And so excited to talk a little bit about what he's doing there. So Donnie, thanks so much for being on today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. You bet. So to kick off your story, um, a lot of people in your family line uh, were good athletes, and that was no different for you. So talk a little bit about growing up and playing athletics and maybe some of the life lessons that you were learning, maybe before you realized the life lessons you you would need them for. Right. Yeah. I mean, we grew up doing sports. I did gymnastics was my big one when I first started and I did uh I did that for like seven to eight years so a lot of people don't know that um that's why I still can do backflips and stuff <laughs> so at my size that's kind of it's a fun little trick usually not try to do it when I'm drunk but I sometimes <laughs> do but no I mean uh sports were huge we were just we grew up around it um football basketball my parents yeah. were just really want me to be in anything that I just love to do. So we just, my dad was coaching, he would help. And my mom was a big believer in anything outdoors. Let's go do it. So that's kind of how it all started. My grandpa was a really good athlete. Um, I've heard many stories, the best, one of the best athletes around my area, small, small town, Nebraska. So, but, uh, he was he was good. So my dad always says it skipped a generation. I'm like, I think it might have skipped two generations because <laughs> I wasn't throwing up the numbers that he threw up. But definitely I had, you know, good. I had a good class that I grew up with in high school. We ended up winning the state championship in basketball. That was huge. Made it to semifinals in football. And then I went and played at college at Wayne State College, a D2 school in Nebraska. And then um, after that, went to do some semi-pro at the bandits and we won two championships there. So it was just, it was fun, fun little, you know, I love team. So it was just like, that's how I grew up. That's what I did in high school and college. And then now building companies and doing everything team related, it just, it kind of flows everything together. So it kind of, kind of makes sense in my life. So. Yeah. So clearly it didn't skip a generation because you've had a lot of success. But one of the things that I think is super interesting is everyone's always looking to grow a team, you know, be better, whether that's in the business capacity. If you look at your family dynamic as a team, you know, are there certain aspects um, about teams that you played on that achieved at the highest level that really stand out to you about? Yeah, this was a common thread of why we had success. Yeah, I think it's just believing in and the, the overall goal, right. Mm -hmm. And, and the relationships that we build together. So just everything starts in the weight room, it starts in meetings now, but it just, everything is together. Everybody's on the same page and we got the same goal, right. If it's winning a project or if it's winning a game, it's just, uh, that's how we believe it. And yes. So. I love it. Now for you, um, you know, looking at the sports career, you went through a position shift in college and, you know, I think there's 
anyone that's played sports knows that that's a difficult thing. And anyone that hasn't played sports can understand that if you got a new job, you're, <laughs> you had a good set of skills, but now you have to learn a whole new set of skills. So talk a little bit about the idea. Um, a friend of mine, Johnny, who came on the podcast explained as like the BCA curve. You were pretty good. You had to maybe take a step back, but by taking a step back, you actually launched yourself to be an A better than you maybe could have been in your role as a B. So talk a little bit about that for you and your role change in your uh, football career. Yeah, no. So I started out at a linebacker when I went to college and then um, I got moved to H back, which is like a tight end. But um, and that's I really liked offense and I was really good in high school at offense. But in the sense of our personnel change, we didn't run a lot of 11 or 12 personnel. So we didn't use the tight end very much. So I was like told the coach, hey, I really want to, you know, possibly go back to defense. I think I just get more playing time there. And at the same time, we had multiple injuries at defensive end. Mm -hmm. So that was a, I was a little smaller for defensive end. But they were like, okay, let's let's run it there. So um, two of us actually running back at the time and me both went over and we started playing DN. So when we ended up playing our junior and senior year at DN, which was a lot different because you're 235, um, you know, 6'2", 235 going up against like a 6'6", 330 pound, <laughs> you know, mammoth that you got to go every every play against. So it was just that switch that you had to switch on. And like I said, it was just, you know, the difference, I played eight-man football, so that was a lot different than like, hey, drop back, this is your area on defense. In college, it's like, if this guy goes in motion and this, and it's like, and it's you know, it was a lot more brain to go into. You just couldn't just, you know, hit your head against the pavement and just go. So it was a lot more to get into it. So it took, it took you a year, it took you some time to get used to it. But once you did, you kind of, you know, you knew your position, you knew your role, and you just stuck there. So it was good. It was fun. Yeah. Now you've kind of always had this entrepreneurial bug. And so as you had gone through the football you know, world, you decided, well, maybe there should be a website or an online portal where we can test out, you know, high school kids, have them upload their information and get sought out by coaches. Great idea. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. That was, uh, that was kind of my first, my first kind of entrepreneur, business i guess yeah. um it was trained for the next level was that company and we uh went out did testing for high school seniors juniors um we had the testing equipment the electronic testing everything state-of-the-art and uh, we wanted to make it affordable because there's a lot of kids that just couldn't they couldn't afford the 200 camps to go to the colleges and get noticed and there's a lot of guys that ran through our program that really did get noticed and um that we, you know, ended up going and played college ball. So it was, it was good. I like that. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that in regards to, you know, today when I, when I list off what you're doing, that wasn't part of what we're doing today or what we're focused on today. And I think for a lot of people, you know, right. they, they have an idea, but they're afraid to pursue it. And if they have pursued an idea, but it maybe didn't work out the way they thought that stifled their, uh, ability to attempt the next entrepreneurial endeavor. So talk a little bit about, you know, overcoming that or saying, Hey, you know what, here's what I did learn. Here's, <laughs> here's maybe things I wish I would have thought of or done differently, but you know, I'm willing to try it again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the the biggest thing is to get mentor mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, as me, I went there um, 
I was trained for the next level. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, I got this idea. This is going to be fun. This is going to be good. And I went running. I actually went up to, I was going to go to do a meeting up in Wayne when I was playing, not playing, but like back to the coaches yeah. that they could help me out. And I met with uh, Todd Euler and he had a company out of Norfolk called set the bar fitness. And I went in there and we talked for like two or three hours and then, it was, he would became my business partner. Like after that, we just knew it clicked. He knew the idea and he had the, the front capital for the yeah. testing equipment. I had the, the manpower to go out and, and do that. So we, we partnered together and it was good. So that was, that was kind of how it, how it worked out. Right. You find people that, you know, he was 15, 20 years older than me at the time. Right. You know, so yeah. just, it's finding those people that have done it, that know it, and is kind of, you know, use your energy and your, your drive to, to push forward. So, and like I said, it businesses, business is tough. I mean, I've started multiple businesses. I mean, if I count probably four or five or six different businesses and like, I only have three right now. So, I mean, they're, they're not all going to be the winners or, you know, be able to buy the private jet or the, the, all that stuff that people dream about. Um, but it's just, it's getting your feet wet, you know, and it's, and it's learning from the mistakes and, and doing things that, that was, you know, that drives your passion. Cause I was always passionate about sports and, and training and stuff like that. And so that was kind of what drove that first business out. Yeah. Now for you, I mean, it, it sounds really simple to say, oh, well, you know, start them if it doesn't work, move on. But, you know, for a lot of people, that's, you know, almost a crippling thing for, you know, the next endeavor. Maybe that just completely derails their entrepreneurial bug at all. So for you mentally, how did you work through that? Was it, you know, having that mentor and talking through it? Was it just, you know, stemming back from a football career of, hey, next play, next, you know, next man up mentality? Or how did that kind of work for you on the mental side? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just grinding through it. I mean, it's finding, you know, so I went from train for the next level and then I went into the gym at one up um, gym in Lincoln, the gym I own still today. And that was the thing was I met these guys and they were interested and I partnered up with them with train for the next level. And we kind of traded some percentage because mm. it was both kind of nearly startups. So yeah. that's kind of how that started. And what happened was, was we looked at the gym and we looked at the train for the next level or overhead for train for next level was like nearly nothing right for the gym. We had rent, we had employees, we had a lot more stuff. So we were like, we only can focus our time on one. Mm. So we ended up kind of putting this on the back burner and we kind of stuck with the gym. And that's kind of how that feased into the gym turned into me picking up a camera for the first time, which you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's just like, if I didn't do the trade for the next level, I wouldn't have got the gym. The gym wouldn't have, we were actually creating an app and we wanted to focus on us showing our stretches and different things for these younger kids on this app and picked up the camera. We started shooting some fun stuff, like crazy things. You just, you know, just <laughs> usually stuff that you would never see today. I'm just like, man, I was terrible back then. You know, I was just, going all over the place and filming stuff. And I'm like, this is fun. You know, and I actually yeah. liked it. So what we did was we, we split my partner with one up. I focused on the video and then he focused on the gym and we had two companies there that we kind of spread our angle at. And then it kind of just went into me doing video all the time. And 
we kind of butted heads, you know, every partner is not exactly ideal for the other person. Yeah. So we're still partners in the gym, but we ended up splitting on the video side and I just went by myself. Cause I was just like, I can just do this on my own. I don't really need to be building this with anybody. And sometimes people would think that that's wrong of me, but I think at that time it was just a smart move. And I was like, this is what I want to do forever. So I'm like, yeah. I just want to start on my own. So kind of just went out, started camera on my own and kind of ran with it. So, yeah. Now I, I like how you said, when I look back on some of the early days of what I did, I was like, Oh my gosh, what the heck was I doing? But I'm sure also a month into doing it, you felt the same way, right? So let alone years later, you know, you're, you're constantly growing, you're constantly getting better, but it takes repetition. So you know, for you in in that space, talk a little bit about the growth of the business from, hey, I literally just picked it up because we needed we needed someone to do it to actually growing it as a successful business. Yeah, I think everything has to do with your passion and drive. I mean, I'm I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I knew when I picked up a camera and people started telling me, like, where did you go to school? Like, did you go to school for this? Like, I started... <laughs> People were like, this is not normal. People don't think like that. Like mm -hmm. they would re read a script to me and I would say, this is how it should look. And they were yeah. like, how did you learn that? Well, so those things started triggering my mind. Like, okay, I'm actually talented at this and I actually can see a future in it and actually, you know, get paid well for mm. what, my, what my expertise is in it. So, I mean, I just kept driving, driving, driving. I'm a YouTube, got my YouTube degree in filming and editing and everything like that just if i didn't know it youtube it right yeah. so it's it's fun nowadays because i'm like a lot of people are like hey we gotta go to college it's like i have a criminal justice degree <laughs> you know i have yeah. multiple different companies very successful stuff going on um but not using my degree but i wouldn't take back any of that time that i learned with playing football building the relationships right. and just the more I think the relationships and knowing how people react and how people are and reading people, I think that's yeah. the most, the best strength that you can have as an entrepreneur because you can read the sales when you're in the meeting, you can read the, the motions, where to pivot and where to turn, where to maybe crack a joke. Right. Yeah. So it's just, you know, making people feel comfortable and want to work with you. And it, it does help with me being a Nebraska farmer. And I'm like, you know, Hey, we, you know, we do everything on handshakes and stuff like that. Um, that always helps my business, but you know, you bet. So, so, so taking that piece, Hey, I'm a Nebraska farmer. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the ag background. And then I know eventually you do a little farming in a different country. So talk a little bit about, uh, how that all comes to be. Yeah. So actually after college, after I did my football up in uh, Sioux, Sioux city with the bandits, I was like, okay, gotta go do something. Let's, let's get it cracking. I went up, actually chased a girl to Wisconsin. Didn't work out. It was like a couple of weeks later, came back. And, um, right when I came back, I was like, I want to just do something. I want to go somewhere because I just wanted to get out of town, obviously. Yep. And my dad comes home and he's like, this guy's farming in Mexico. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, you know, and I said, I'm going to call him up and I, I hit him up and I said, Hey, I want to help you farm. And he goes, well, my Nebraska farms, my Colorado farms. And I said, no, the farms you're going to start in Mexico. 
he's like, all right, let's do it. So we, I went over there, met with him and actually, you know, I liked farming with my dad growing up in high school and stuff, but I really didn't have the love for it. Yeah. Honestly, until I went there, went there on my own, worked with some other people and just found the love for farming in a sense of just like planting something and watching it grow all year and, and, you know, turning it into something and a product and, you know, turning it for money. So it was like, that was kind of the whole start in Mexico, went there for three months, started, helped them start the farms. I mean, we, we were like driving the sprayer off the ship and there was little <laughs> motorcycles like riding underneath us and stuff. So it was definitely an experience that I've never been around. I didn't know the, the language at all, right. you know, knew enough to keep me out of jail. And that was about <laughs> it. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, uh, that was a fun experience by any means. So then I, I mean, I, I farmed in Mexico for over, you know, four to five years. Just, we did some running. I rented my own ground down there, had yeah. my own workers. So it was just definitely, but that was, you know, that was a business that I was like, okay, I'm going to go down there twice a year. I'm going to spend three weeks twice a year during those, those busy times and make it work. So it was, it was fun, but it was like another experience. My dad was like, you're going to, you're thin, you're, you're making everything you're walking on thin ice like you can't do building houses and have the gym and do farming in mexico and all this different stuff but i was like you know i was 25 years old and i just felt like i was untouchable you know so i was like i'm gonna do it yeah and if i fall straight up if i fall straight on my face i'm gonna come back and you're gonna i'm gonna work on the farm right <laughs> so i didn't have a family yet and that was my biggest thing like as if i had any advice for entrepreneurs if you don't have a family you don't have relationships if you don't have really too much responsibility yeah go out right. fall on your face like you know what i'm saying i know so many entrepreneurs that started and they had great luck with their first business that usually doesn't happen right. you know and then they 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 had a great run and, they, and they're still doing it today and then i know other ones that they just this company didn't work this company didn't work we might have made it some money but it was like is it really going to is it really going to be that forever company? Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, I, it's, I, I grew up around my dad. We didn't really get ground handed to us. Like normally around our area, it was All like right. the great grandpa bought the ground yeah. for like $10 an acre. <laughs> my yeah. dad, my dad went back. He bought the ground from my, my grandpa. Wow. His, my mom's dad bought that ground and he handed the check to my grandpa and my grandpa handed the check to the banker. He said that was the saddest day because my grandpa worked his whole life doing that farm and literally handed the check to him, hand to the banker because that's what he owed. Right. So it wasn't like we got handed stuff. So my parents literally started those farms for wow. us. So that's what I want to do for my kids in the future is I want to pass on not only the farms to them, hopefully a lot less money you know, owed to those farms that we owe now <laughs> over the years, you know, get those where they can just have that for their, for their future. But then also the companies that I'm running right now that it's just going to pass down the line. So I'm just trying to fall in their footsteps. And I, I really, my parents were amazing. They were definitely who I am today and, and why I am in business and what I do in my personal life and how I treat and act. Um, it's definitely a passion of mine is just to follow in their footsteps. So I love it. 
Now, in the farming world, I mentioned earlier, but, um, you know, some tough times hit hit the community and family. And so you decide, you know, hey, let's do this farm for a cure. And so talk a little bit about, you know, the story that really spawns the whole idea and then what you're still doing today for that project. Yeah, so I was, um, I think it's going on eight years now. I started Farm for a Cure. My mom was diagnosed with cancer, with ovarian cancer. And um, that was definitely a shock. I remember the day I was driving in the semi. We had a loaded uh, loaded up truck driving down the highway. And my dad called me and was like, you know, you need to come up to the hospital. And I was like, you know, what's going on? My mom went up for a little routine check. They were actually taking out her ovaries at the time. And they opened her up and she was full of cancer. And I still remember that just stopped the semi on the side of the road and was just like, this is, you know, this is changes everything. Right. It changes the outlook on stuff. It definitely changed me and my dad's outlook because we were the protectors. We were always ones like whatever needs to be done. Let's go do it. Yeah. This is the first time where we're just like, we had to hand that over to the doctors and say, you know, okay, we can't do anything. We can just keep her comfortable, you know, be there for her and everything we can do pray, but that's about it. So what I wanted to do was give back to the to the community. I also was selling some seed at the time. So I thought it would be a good idea to start this nonprofit called Farm for a Cure. So I started that as a 501c3. And basically, you know, it's Farm for a Cure is the name, but we like to keep the money local. We, if somebody's house burns down or if somebody's sick, anything like that, anybody that needs anything a neighbor in need we're there to help them so we do benefits once a year we raise the money it stays all in the community i have a board that's you know from saint ed that knows everybody so when people say hey this person is done we just shoot it in the text and we say perfect then we'll just somebody will go give them a check the next day or the next day so it's just kind of nice to have that the backbone of the community and it's kind of cool how it all started um and obviously losing my mom this last you know two februarys ago that was this last year was my first event without her so that was just a really tough event because it was just like she was you know it was the the reason why we started it was because of her yeah but every event she was there and she was writing down the bids and she was doing the stuff and she was just like the backbone of that company or the, the nonprofit. And it was just very you know Today she's still with us and, and helping us every way way through us through the farm for a cure. So, you bet, such a cool mission. Um, and yeah, I definitely encourage people to check that out. You know, whether it's uh, you're in the Nebraska area and can make it make, make an appearance and attend, or if not, just be able to donate. Uh, once again, great cause, great people. So love what you're doing there. Now you talked about it. You know, hey, we we all like to have this sense of uh, control, right? There's something that just makes you feel good about having control over situations. Um, don't know if you're, you know, where your faith life is at or anything, but um, I tend to find that, you know, people that have a faith life, oftentimes uh, we we say, hey, we trust God in the things that we do, but then it takes, unfortunately, usually an event for, for us to actually, you know, put that trust in versus, you know, just continue to trust that we're going to do it. So I guess if you do have faith life, talk a little bit about that, you know, from a faith aspect. And if not, just, you know, your thoughts on, you know, giving up control, because unfortunately, yeah, we don't always own the control of the situation. 
Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, I always say God's got a plan for everybody, you know, yeah. it's, it's um, ever since I lost my mom, it's been, I can tell that she has guided me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. If it's with business, if it's with friendship, if it's with partners and different things like that, if it's with love life and all that different things, it's just like, um, she's helped me, you know, guide that way, obviously God, her, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, I truly believe that because it's just some of the things, I mean, there's no reason why I'd be in Texas right now and, you know, and really happy with, with my life. If it wasn't for the situations that, you know, I just got, you know, handed to. So yeah. it was I just, that's it. a, that's a definitely a God thing. And, and I truly believe that anything in business related, I mean, everything, Obviously you have to put in the work and you have to build the structure, but definitely there's a, there's somebody out there that, you know, they see our goals and they, they want us to do good in life. And, and I, I truly believe that. So. I love it. So we talked about the, you know, photography and videography and that really parlays us into the social media game. And so, you know, social media is, has been important, but it just continues to evolve. And so uh, over the last year, <laughs> you've seen it really evolve. So talk a little bit about just getting started in that. And then, uh, yeah, once again, some of the growth you've seen over the last year or so. Yeah, no. So actually it's a funny story how it all started. So I was, didn't really do too much. I did a little bit on Instagram, but my buddy came up to me and he had about 8,000 followers on TikTok. And he was like, oh, this is. And I was like, I'm going to beat you in a week. And it literally, <laughs> that's what I told him, right? So went out there, made like two or three videos and it was growing, growing, growing. I ended up passing him in a week. I went from like 600 followers all the way up to like 10,000 in the first week. And then it just kept growing. And it was nice because I didn't really have like a super viral video. So it wasn't like. 10,000 to 200,000, it was like 10,000 and 20,000 and 30,000. And it just kind of went all the way up. So it's nice because it actually helps. Like I built my audience and the people that actually follow me do follow me. And sometimes they, you know, like my content. Sometimes they don't like my content. And it's like, you know, you got to play that game in that sense of, um, you know, I always believe and I tell anybody in social media that it's like, okay, I got my big videos, I have a lot of followers off. Like some, sometimes I'll gain 50,000, a hundred thousand off of one video. Yeah. But what did I do there? Mm. Right. So I try to mock up those ones that did good because I know that, you know, 50,000 people followed me because of that piece of content. So sometimes right. it doesn't align with a lot of things that I do. Like, you know, maybe me walking forward and looking, you know, look at the camera smiling and like I normally would do it. It's good content because it just it might push out 20 30 40,000 views guaranteed but you know do I want that in the long run like probably not you know and I'm going to start transferring some stuff over into my new brand that I'm just going to be building and be launching this next month so it's that's exciting news so but well we'll be on the lookout for it I love it yeah yeah it's going to be plant the seed so basically it's going to be um, revolved around my social media and kind of the information that I'm giving to others through my messages. And I'll be using my voice more and just wanted to plant the seed. And it kind of goes back to my roots, me being a farmer, 
but it's not just planting the seed like that, but it's planting the seed of like, Hey, this is how you should live your life. This is how you should treat your, you know, fiance or your wife or your girlfriend, or this is how you should act in the gym, or this is how you should do. I mean, just kind of everything and, and, and helping people just, uh, you know, share the knowledge. So. I love it. Well, and I love it. And once again, it's been a consistent theme through your story, but just how you use your platform to benefit others, right? Um, you know, hey, take what you're doing and, and help others. So through the growth of social media, there's been two really important things. One is the, the reason that you're in Texas right now. So let's just talk a little bit about how that came to be. Yeah, so this is kind of a funny story. But um, so my girlfriend right now, Brittany, Bailey is um, she's on social media and I was on social media and I had a video. It was just like, um, God, God will show you the way or God will guide you. Just sit back and smile. God's got you kind of thing. Right. Yeah. In the post. And I think I got like 9000 likes on that video that just like in a couple hours. And I remember sitting down and usually it only shows you the like two people. And yeah. it says 9,000 afterwards. So, and she was one of them. So I clicked on her and I seen that I was like, okay, she's got her own boutique. She's got some clothes. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, I kind of liked her vibe. So that's exactly what I said. I'm like, <laughs> I, like I like your vibe. Like, how's it yeah. going or whatever. And, and little did I know she had a little semi crush on me. I didn't know this at the time, but she had a little crush on me, which is whatever. But it was, it was crazy how it all kind of gathered together and I was just actually getting out of a serious relationship and um so it was kind of a waiting game it was like okay I'm not ready to start anything yeah. let's just talk for a while so we ended up talking for a bit and and then we started hanging out come January and then it kind of led into the relationship we have today it's really strong so I'm super excited about that that's my biggest thing that I could gain off of social media would have been the relationship I have with her and her kids. So it's just amazing. Absolutely. Well, if you're debating creating that piece of content, do it. Who knows who's, who's going to see it, you know, that it might turn right. into a relationship. Right. That's it. why I was like, when I said, I said, my mom's got something to do with that because yeah. it's just like when I said that about God showing you the way, guiding you to the right person. And then she comes up and I was like, I told her this later on. I said, you know that post like that was the post and she looked back at the post and then she looked at the time when i messaged her it was the same date and she's like no way that's crazy so it's just kind of a cool story we'll definitely have a video and kind of tell that story once we get further down the road so you bet i love but. it now additionally from that uh once again kind of having the social media influence and having a little bit of the country roots uh getting an opportunity to enter into the uh, country music world. So talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the opportunities that you've had there. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know too much about like how much money you could make on influencing and different things like that. So I, I learned from Brittany and a different, you know, a couple other people that I've, that I've talked to about it in that world. And I started getting into using people's sounds and that yeah. was kind of a big thing. Like Corey Kent, I've worked with yeah. him a bunch, worked with some other people, um, you know, worked with some close, closer friends that just, you know, hey, here's a couple hundred bucks, here's whatever for a post, which I'm just like, 
I have to make the post anyway. So I'm like, perfect. You know, this is, this is a little added, you know, a little added income that I, that I like. So no doubt. And that kind of led into, I had this friend um, in North Carolina that he does videography and stuff. And he had been following me and different stuff. And they just, we had a music video that was coming out and it was Craig Henry's got a new song coming out. And I actually just shot this this last week. And we're going to, yeah, it's, it's pretty badass. So we're super excited. And that was the first time I was not like behind the camera in a music <laughs> video. So it was, it was super weird because they were like, hey, we want your creative thought on these different scenes and different stuff. But I mean, we had a, a rec scene where we had the fire department out and oh, like dang. smoke and stuff where I, I come out and the fire department takes me, you know, and puts me on the back of the thing because i rent i wrecked this like 1969 like uh camaro that's super super nice so i'm like it was going to be on a trailer and they were going to shoot through the windows and stuff on the trailer and then there's yeah. like all of a sudden well the trailer's too far away we can't do this so now it's like okay donnie you have to drive it so i'm like okay we could do this no big deal <laughs> you know it's like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car no big deal like, yeah, no big deal. And it's like super souped up. So it's like not easy to drive. So it's like zoom, 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 you know, like pushing forward and stuff. So that was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. We ended up, they banged out the edit right away. Like I already seen it. Um, I already seen it like a couple of days ago. So they had it done like in three days because they had it all structured out. But it's, it's, it's going to be a banger. That's for sure. Like it was fun. We had a, the car wreck scene and then we had a bar scene and then we had me at the mechanic shop working on a truck scene and then we had me uh like trying to chase after this camaro that was kind of a, like a, an imaginary camaro now at the time yeah. right i was, thought i was seeing something so there's a lot of there's a lot of cool kind of a lot of cool thought into this music video that we're really excited to launch so that'll be the song launches the twenty or the sixteenth of June, and then a week later, the music video will be out. But I'll be posting content, so just take a look at that. I love it. Now, hearing all of the different things you're doing, you know, I think so many people out there tell you, you know, like the book, uh, the one thing by Gary Keller, right? Like, hey, know that one thing that you're good at. Delegate the rest. Don't even entertain those things. And you get you get other people that they're serial entrepreneurs, right? They do multiple things or they have multiple passion projects. And so uh, unfortunately, they maybe can't give 100% of their time to this one topic, right? Because they've got four or five other things going on in their world. What would be, you know, your advice? Obviously, you know, you've gone into certain areas and said, and eh, that's not for me and I'm going to delegate more time to other areas. But you've also... I haven't just picked that one thing, you know, you said, Hey, I got multiple interests and I want to spend my time doing multiple things. So talk a little bit about that or what would your advice be on that to topic? Yeah. I mean, I think just sticking with your passion. I mean, obviously I can say that all day because I'm lucky enough to work in my passion. So a yeah. lot of people aren't. Um, but if you're going to do something that you're actually building a company and you're wanting to run with that company, you have to, have that passion and that drive that you're willing to put in the long hours, mm -hmm. you know, put in the weekends, do the stuff extra because people are like, they always see, Oh man, you guys are killing it. Well, it's like, this is year three. Yeah. Right. Right. right? You should yeah. have seen us on year one and two, or we weren't making jack shit. 
right? So, I mean, some people yeah. get lucky and they make money right away and some people don't. It's just, it's having that grind and having that passion that can drive through there and then just enjoying it. Like, yeah. I love the freedom of being able to do multiple different companies, but also knowing my limits. So I, I've learned in my past and how I was failed in my past, I just thought I could do a lot of different things, right? Yeah. So now I just stay in my lane. So it's like, that's why I build a team. So I'm like, you're really good at sales. You know, I can sell, but I want to stay in my lane. I want to be in the creative, the marketing side, help you sell with these materials, with this thing that we've grown together, right? And it's just, a, it's kind of a cool, I like the team atmosphere. It's fun when we win a project or when we do stuff like that. Yeah. It's like the celebration together, right? You get a FaceTime group, like I FaceTime me and my two partners right now, we literally were just on a FaceTime. Like we FaceTime probably three times a day. It's like, Oh yeah. Like we got this, we got this, you know, and it's just, it's fun. You yeah. know? So I, I would say find the right people to work with that are passionate about the same thing and then just know their weaknesses. Hmm. So here's another thing too, is like, if you're willing to bring on a partner that might be good at something, but maybe they have some extra debt. Or maybe they have some different things that you don't have. Yeah. Know where it's at and know where you need to give and take. I don't like I have a company right now that I'm like, I don't really care about making any money this year. Yeah. I want to make sure that everybody's taken care of and I want to assure that our relationships are strong and the company grows, but I'm like, I don't need to take any money out, right? So that's yep. the difference between certain partners, you know, I'm be able to give and take because there was going to be a time in where I'm going to need maybe money or I'm going to need that. And they're going to remember that time where I'm like, okay, this is, this is where I stand. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to focus on to build this, the stronger, the stronger core unit. Cause I do have funds coming from other places that maybe they don't. Right. Absolutely. So I'm like, you take a little bit more percentage this year, next year, I'll take a little bit more. Right. So it's a little give and take there that you need to work with your partners and just know where they're at financially where they're at in their relationships, like just know their life. Right. Yeah. And then become their, like become their best friend. Like, that's what I would say. And just enjoy it. Like if you're going to spend time with a guy that you don't like and have to talk to the son of a bitch every day, <laughs> you're going to hate yourself, you know, right. you're not going to like the business. So it's like, if you guys can have fun and joke around and laugh and be like, man, you need a haircut. Like it's terrible right now. Right. You know, you say something like that and then enjoy it. And it's like, is this really work? Yeah. Right. You know? So if you can have that relationship with your job and with your career, I just think it makes it go a lot further. Right. And it makes it, it makes it fun. And it's like, I mean, and then you can build something that, you know, I love building things. Right. That's yeah. why I, I like the entrepreneur side of it. It's like, I don't, there's nothing here right now. Let's build this company. And now we have something and now we can sell something if we want. Or we can keep growing it and give it to our kids. That's my ultimate goal. So, I love it. Now, there's a couple of things that, as I hear you speaking, I want to dive into. And one is, um, you know, being able to take your ego out of it. I think a lot of the times people aren't good partners or don't want to partner because then it's not just what I want, or it's I have to admit that someone might be better at something than I'm not as good at it. And once again when you say it like, well, yeah, but that would help your business grow. It makes a hundred percent sense. But for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, but me having to admit that not, not worth it. So talk a little bit about just taking ego out of it and saying, well, what's the best 
you know, for the long term, right? Not just, hey, for right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on where you're at and how you set up the business. Yeah. Because I feel like if you own it and you have your core partners that own it, the percentage, if you bring anybody in, I always use this effect of, um, it's called the umbrella effect, right? And you always, you, you know, sometimes people, <laughs> you don't want to tell your workers you're using this, but the yeah. same, or, you know, your employees. Yeah. But at the same time as you want to have that protection of them not leaving. Right. Right. So I would rather give you more percentage up front and take less. We'll make more over the other, the next years or in the clients, you know, the contracts going forward. We want to take care of you right now, but also at the same time is want to give you percentages over the next couple of years, depending on the company and the growth of it. But that umbrella is like, if they walk out, they're going to be in the rain. Right. Right. And they can't take that with you. Right. Yep. So if, if it has to do with video, if it has to do with any different business, you have assets that you can bring them. If it's services, if it's different, if it's quick, like QuickBooks, whatever it is, right? They either, if they're going to want to go out by themselves, because I like the entrepreneurs, I like the entrepreneurs hiring entrepreneurs, but the yeah. part, the problem is hiring entrepreneurs is they're going to be like, well, geez, Donnie just pulled in like 20 grand on this project. I want to go try to do this myself, right? Yes. And how do you make it fair for them? And how do you make it engaging that it's like, hey, we're going to go on trips. We're going to go do this stuff. It's that umbrella of like, hey, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to build a company, you want to be able to do that. And also, like, if anybody has questions out there about doing this, definitely reach out to me, DM me, whatever. Because um, I do coaching, different things on the side. So it's fun. I love it. Well, and so that kind of segues into the the last thing or the second thing I want to mention earlier, which I think is perfect. And that is, you know, I don't want to give us small Nebraska boys, you know, too much credit here, but there is that element of, you said earlier, you know, Hey, I do things on a handshake. Uh, you know, I, I, that's just the way I do business. You know, we, there's that trusting element. And I think, you know, as you do meet people across the country, you start realizing like that's not always normal, right? Like uh, a lot of people, you know, have experienced the person that's purely out for them. And, you know, Hey, if it's good for me, then it's good for me. But really the person was just there to make a deal for me. So talk a little bit about, you know, maybe the small town roots and just, you know, that element for you in business at, at this stage. Yeah. I think that it's, it's going to get worse. <laughs> the generations it's going to get yeah. worse so yeah. right now and my sense is is like i said i do well off of handshakes i just literally thought in my head my grandpa had a town team pickup basketball game every like every other night right six yeah. o'clock if he says hey everybody's gonna show up at six o'clock people are gonna show up yep right and this generation with cell phones and with the tablets and with everybody glued to the screen are they going to show up at six o'clock yeah so that's the whole thing is right the, the generation has changed so it's like how are we going to pivot to be able to to build that into these new the new people that are coming into our businesses and the stuff like that where you know now i'm big on relationships and that's what yeah. any of my partners will know that my biggest thing is building the relationships and helping them know the factor of, Hey, we, this is how we run it. And this is how it needs to be ran, you know, yeah. and that's small town roots. That's, you know, 
laughing and having fun with clients is good, but at the same time is like for them to respect you and know that, Hey man, we're in good hands. We are in good hands. Right. And that's the thing is sometimes the ego, that's what you said before. Some people can put the ego in front of them and they're like, well, you know, we can get it done, but maybe we can make a little bit more money doing this, doing that. Right. Or maybe outsourcing it. It's like, if you're going to tell a client, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. If I, if I tell a client, Hey, the budget's not there for me, I can get it done. I can edit it for you, but I got to outsource the videography. Tell them straight up. You want me or not? You're still going to get my, my vision. I'm going to tell them what to shoot, but we can't, you can't afford me to go out and shoot it yourself, myself. So that's just something like that, that experience. Right. And that's kind of how I do anything in business. It's like, just tell the client straight up, Hey, this is what we can do for you. This is what we're going to deliver and then deliver it. Yep. Right. And if you're late, just like, you know, it's going to be late. Make sure tell them two days prior, be like, Hey, we're running behind. Sorry. Yep. This is, you know, shit happens. They'll, they'll understand, <laughs> but just don't come the day that they think it's going to get delivered, whatever it is in business yep. and think it's going to be okay by texting him before or saying, Oh, you know, and I, I, my gym was the hardest working with this generation. Yeah. They text you like a minute before they were going to be there. Oh, I'm sick. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you work the night shift. <laughs> like you, it's three o'clock. Like you're saying you were just, you just, well, you were sick at two fifty five. Yeah. Like you just got sick. No, like yeah, if it's five thirty in the morning and they text me, that's fine. Right. But like, that's the thing. It's like, come on guys. Like it's not that hard. And it's, it's just a respect thing. My biggest yes. thing is just respecting the people that you work with respecting your clients and building it off the the roots that a small town, the roots that I just grew up on. Right. When you yeah. say you're going to be there, you're there. And and also that comes back to coaching and, and my team atmosphere. It's like 15 yeah. minutes early is on time. Right. Yes, That's what the coach has said. 15 minutes early is on time. <laughs> so I have to tell her this saying, Hey, 15 minutes early is on time. <laughs> Hey, I hope I'm not getting you in the doghouse. I hope I'm not getting you in the doghouse. You just learned. Hey, she she doesn't know what's going on. So we're good. (laughs) If you got to leave at 2.30, you tell her we're leaving at 2.15. So she'll actually be ready by the time you you need. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I love it. It's good. Well, and, you know, a word that or a phrase that comes to mind as you say that, you know, that we tell people frequently, you know, to be clear is to be kind, to be unclear is to be unkind, right? It's, hey. You know, most people can handle the truth if it's delivered one in the right way directly, but two, to your point with enough time where, um, you know, the they don't have time to prepare for, you know, whatever it is that's coming next. Right. I love it. Yep. Well, Donnie. 100%. I appreciate you sharing these pivotal moments, man. I'm excited to continue to watch your journey unfold and, uh, you know, the new brand that's coming out. I I mean, the next business, I'm sure it'll be here in six months. I mean, the way your mind works, but what, what, uh, where can people find you on different handles? Yeah. So it's Donnie Baker underscore, and that's the only one I have. So this is crazy because I have like 30 fake accounts on TikTok. Like people trying to mimic me or trying to scam people. So it yeah. sucks. And then same thing with Instagram. I, I hit up the Instagram. I'm like, hey, take this account down. And they're like, they're not breaking any community guidelines. Like, how are they not? They're yeah. just trying to scam people with my shit. <laughs> Falsely so, impersonated. So Donnie Baker That's... underscore. 
Donnie yeah. Baker underscore. Yeah, Donnie Baker, D-O-N-N-Y, Baker underscore. That's You'll find me on Insta and TikTok. So I love DM it. me, whatever you want. So I love it. Well, brother, I appreciate your time sharing the moments. Thanks so much. Yep, that sounds great. Thank you.